<laughs> so she says she says you shouldn't fire me for what I've been saying that's not right but also maybe fire Pedro for making comparisons as well because you see these fucking hypocrites have double standards all yep. the time yep. and that's why ladies and gentlemen we will no longer be talking about Gina Carano hey. That's the end of that shit. Did, I, I'm just. I'm assuming you saw some of the the responses I, to her sit down reveal interview with Ben Shapiro, ugh. telling all, <laughs> and it's basically just the usual. It's just the usual like far right internet talking points. That's all it was. Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh God. Oh, he's, ben, uh, oh. Ben, don't you think that people affected by global warming on the coast will sell their houses, Shapiro? <laughs> Ben Shapiro is a clown. He's like a he's like a tiny clown. Ben Shapiro is what happens when idiots put another idiot on a pedestal just because they dress nicer than them, and suddenly that makes them an authority on things. It's weird. He has an interesting name. He wears shirts. He wears. And he's shirts. also an idiot. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like I I don't get his appeal other than he says what other idiots are thinking put it on your and cv be like hey don't call people with different political opinions than you an idiot it's not about political opinions mate the dude thinks idiot. that if your house gets flooded by global warming you would have sold it to someone else and that deals with the problem the man's an idiot and gina carano is proving herself to be just every much as every bit as much of a hypocrite as all these fuckers um listen by saying hey don't fire me for my opinions but if you're going to fire me for my opinions, you should also fire Pedro. It's like, no, no, no. If you believe that you shouldn't be fired for your quote-unquote opinions, you shouldn't also then advocate for someone else to be fired. Cancel culture isn't real, but you guys sure as hell seem to want to make it a real thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate people. But do you know what I love? Uh, no. Oh, no. I've, I've lost sight of all the things that we love. I love you. Oh. And I love your face. And I love seeing it once a week. And it's actually been longer than a week because we pre-recorded last week's episode ahead of time. Yes. And because last week's episode was three hours plus, this week's is going to be six minutes long. Hey! Um, <laughs> to even out the time. I also love making the Big Dab Cast, which is what you're listening to, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your time as we stare into an endless void. Or is it endless? There be deadlines. There be hope on the horizon. <laughs> if people still do the fucking stuff where they're meant to spray their hands and wear their masky bastards. Anyway, my name is Chris... For fuck's sake, Bojo, comb your hair, Johnson. I have many names. Some, Some call me Marjorie Keek. <laughs> Some call me Klaatu, the Dreamweaver. I have names older than language. Some call me the Bringer of Corn. There are those who call me. <laughs> you you unlocked a mighty Bush memory, and for that, you will pay dearly. No, um... no. <laughs> Um. Uh, uh, uh. To answer the question, gentle listener, how are we doing? Yeah. About as good as you. Yeah. So there you go. About, about the same. Yeah. I think we're about all on the same. same you know, on the same. You know goddamn wavelength. Think about where you are. We're about there. Yeah. We're about there. Yeah. About there. Yeah. yeah. But but wearing funnier hats. No, I'm not wearing a hat. Uh I'm wearing one, but not on my head. Hey. Um, news. Cockhead. 
Um, There's pop culture news, and that's what we're here to talk about. Cockat. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you ever see? You ever see? Like, seldom does the internet produce stuff that is just 100% pure and wonderful all the time. But one of those things Never. is Never. is pictures of snakes in top hats. Ah, that's pretty good. Why people put like little hats on snakes, uh, and it's just like that is cute. That is a, a bizarrely cute. They've not they've not evolved for these. What about? But they look so dapper. What about pictures of, of people playing guitar solos but replacing the guitars with slugs? Is that a thing? That's a thing. <gasps> oh my well, I know what I'm doing tonight. Slug solos. <laughs> I know what I'm doing it's... tonight. Do you think they're do you think their slug solos will get DMCA struck on, on a Twitch live stream? One Did you could... hear about yeah. that? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So BlizzCon news. Uh Overwatch 2 still happening. For somebody who plays Overwatch. Yay! Um, Activision is still a garbage company. Blizzard is still a garbage company, but I look forward to playing the game at a reduced uh, price after a while of it being out. Um, they reveal new character costumes. They're not that different, really. Nope. Uh, McCree is strangely less brown, which is interesting. Um, and, uh, as part of BlizzCon, Metallica played a concert and BlizzCon was on Twitch. And halfway through one of the songs, it started playing covered up like copyright free music because this, the bots and software covered it up. Oh my lord! Oh my word! Okay, so I, I mean, the Schadenfreude of of, of um, Metallica, who are a big part of the start of the archaic version of DMCA software being put in place for music copyright. The beauty of them. <laughs> I'm trying to say this. Matt showed me pictures of people playing slugs instead of guitars. God damn it. Prince looked like he was having a whale of a time. I'm not sorry. Um, the fact that Metallica, one of the one of the artists responsible for sort of bringing in this rather broken version of DMCA uh, in the first place, uh, getting DMCA struck yeah. and their music covered up during a Twitch stream... In the words of the late great Bart Simpson, the ironing is delicious. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was, it was fucking funny. Has uh, there been any more game news this week? Oh, PlayStation VR. Uh, they are releasing a brand new version of it for PS5. It's a completely retuned facility. No word yet on whether there'll be backwards compatibility for the older stuff and the older hardware for previous VR games. But there is an increased number of games like Resident Evil Biohazard on the PS4 that will be utilising a play this in third person or first person or VR modes, um, including the upcoming Ratchet and Clank title, which I'm like, wait, what? Rift so, apart! Yeah, that one has me intrigued. Yeah, I'm like, that wait, is first, first person VR Ratchet and Clank where you're jumping through dimensions. Um... Mm. You had my curiosity, Plistation. Now you have... Well, you you have none in stock, so um, color me skeptical, skeptical. And yeah, peace. we'll have to we'll have to see in the holes. They've also said that they're going to continue to do PlayStation Plus, and I thought weird that they're pointing that out. Was that ever in doubt that PlayStation Plus would no longer be a thing, or is it that there there are not many titles coming out on the PS Five scheduled at the moment, mostly because it's in its early days. Yeah, I think it's not many people have it. And the PlayStation 5 also comes with the PlayStation Plus collection, yeah. which is 20 giant full-length campaign games from the PS4 generation. I think it's going to be so. more the case of there. it's going to be a crossover like it was with the end of the PS3, beginning of the PS4 for quite a while. 
Yeah. So probably probably yeah. just saying that that's going to continue on because um, of course the a lot of the PlayStation Plus games are gonna that are gonna come along are gonna be PS4 games with PS5 upgrades. So for yeah, example, it's like this this month Control. Ultimate yeah, Edition. yeah. So yeah, um, it'll be more of that, I imagine. Fairly does. It just seemed very odd that they have to point it out. It's almost like, oh, that thing that we said is a feature. Yeah, it's not going to any. It's not going anywhere. It's not like, just. It's it's not for us, Christopher. Didn't think it was gonna. Why, the, why are you bringing it it's up? It's for people who don't follow things. Well, um, also Stadia's dead. Well, it's not, but they've so they've ceased internal working development, with any yeah. developers. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, unless which, they're repackaging third-party stuff. That, that's that it's, that's always been the case with Google. Google try things, yeah. and if they're not a hit within six months, they shut them. Some of our listeners will probably like never really have heard or have forgotten and this will unlock a memory of google glass nope for like a year that was the thing google plus but you'd never see a fucker wearing it but it was the thing i never i never saw one in real life outside of in a store i don't i think they were always like prototypes like you could buy them but they were (laughs) like beta versions yeah and and then it got replaced with the i it got replaced with the iWatch, which ultimately did everything that the uh, the Google Eye, Google Glass did. And well, apart from you know a having less, a, a less display that you wear on your face, which I think yeah, was kind of the you could do that. You can do that with with Google Watch hang on, hang on, uh, with with, with Apple, Google, Watch, Apple Watch. As, as I'm going to as I'm going to explain to you now, it doesn't yes, it do does. anything watch. the Google Glass does. What what watch? I want to demonstrate for you, and then the uh, audio descriptive for the hard of hearing at home will be just told what's happening. All right, okay. So this is how this is how you take the tech of the Apple Watch and implement it in the exact same way as um, uh, uh, Apple Glass and Google Glass, those sorts of things. You ready? No, no. Now for those at home, I'm holding my wrist an inch from my eye. No, but then what's what's in also in front of your face? Yeah, but are you telling me someone who's looking at a bunch of data on a lens is going to pay any attention to a level higher uh, in terms of awareness than somebody putting their watch right up to their face? Uh, I think you will be more aware, yes, especially if it's transparent or in the corner. Also, Google Glass has cameras. Four? I'm not saying that it's it's a good idea. I'm not not arguing that Google Glass is like a superior (laughs) piece of technology. I'm just saying the Apple Watch is not a replacement for it. For those who don't know, back in 2015, Matt bought shares in Google Glass. (laughs) Shares. (laughs) He's been been trying to ship three crates of them ever since. He mostly sells them at Halloween parties for people with last-minute costumes as Terminator Shades. Terminator Shades. (laughs) No. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> I'd buy one just for that Christopher I need you to stop oh like Harry Shearer stopped voicing Dr. Hibbert in The Simpsons so Kevin Michael ah, Richardson can take over that was a segue that was a segue it, that was the, a the segue. segue was in fact the entire segment because I have nothing other to say about it and then it's happened there we yeah, go well uh, from 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 the parts of your, I mean, we we are both voice actors. We have performed vocally on radio and in animation. I'm an alleged we are voice, voice actors actor at this point. Uh, ha- has your voice gone out on radio in productions? Not for a while. But has it gone out on radio in productions? Yes. You're a voice actor, so we can offer the POV that yeah, if it's an ensemble cast and your character is 
you know, from a certain place around the world or, or, or whatnot. Like, and, and that is how the character's written. But they have maybe, they're like one line of dialogue in one episode. It's more reasonable to ask a member of your ensemble cast to just do that one voice. Because then it's one voice, it's done, this, that and the other. Some people may still have issues with that, but I, I don't I don't think, personally, my philosophy, I don't think that's a problem if your voice actor in your ensemble cast is covering a voice for one line. You should have enough um, diversity in your ensemble cast or on your recurring cast, at the very least, to maybe plug that gap in the most ethical way. But if you don't, and you're, say, like you had a cast and none of your cast, um, you know, were correct to voice say Mahatma Gandhi but you had a throwaway gag with one line from Mahatma Gandhi then you just decide who's going to do it you do it and then you move on and as simple as that but if Gandhi was in every goddamn episode you need to cast appropriately and as the years have gone by we have of course like hammered that in more because people become more aware of voice actors and voice casts and things like that Mm. you've also had voice actors fighting against um being cast out of type when it is actually because that's the thing people you're gonna have idiots going like well so like is nancy cartwright technically a bad person because she's not really a 10 year old boy no she's a bad person because she's a scientologist but but, you know it's that's not that's not the issue the issue is and the simpsons and the 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 problem with a poo documentary like highlight this a couple years ago is that like hank azaria is not an indian man he voiced apu for over 20 years on the simpsons yeah if Apu was an occasional throwaway line, maybe once a season, that wouldn't be an issue. But it's kind of weird that it went on for as long as it did. Now, it never struck me as weird for a long time. Like, it still doesn't strike a lot of people as weird. Because we don't really think about it. But then when you think about it, maybe watch that documentary, you get the perspective uh, in that of a lot of uh, American Indian and American Asian comics... And, and their experiences growing up alongside the show being a big part of popular culture within America and, and Apu being like essentially like the only sort of mainstream Indian representation on American television for a very long time. Um, it You realise that, oh, this was uncomfortable for a lot of people. Mm. So that's what you do, guys. You, you listen, you learn, you change. You figure it out. You work out what's the most reasonable approach, but you change. And even someone now, like Harry Shearer, who is a very sort of stubborn, set-in-his-ways performer. Just look up any stories about his contract battle, contracts battles with Fox over The Simpsons. <laughs> um, like, he wanted more money to appear in The Simpsons Ride, for example. And Universal theme parks, like, got to the point where his demands were, as far as they were concerned, so egregious that they just went, well, we're not going to put you in the ride. And he went, that's fine by me. Like, if you're not willing to pay... 10 times the amount you were offering <laughs> then that's fine by me if you don't so if you go on the simpsons ride in the universal parks um in the queue in clips and stuff showing on the tvs from the shows and this that and the other you've got plenty of his characters in the ride not a single one of them talks <laughs> in fact the original the original plot was going to have the ride take place in the nuclear power plant but they changed it to how it take place in crusty land because they realized if we've not got harry then we lose smithers and burns we'd lose lenny like do you know what i mean you lose so many characters who are essential to doing a power plant storyline so you know hey dan you're already signed on do you want to play homer and Krusty in the ride come on let's go um Um, so they did it that way but even harry shearer someone very set in his ways has also looked at this and gone yeah things need to change carl was recast a while ago yeah 
Uh, Carl's a Hank Azaria part. Um, I don't know if Apu's been recast yet, but Hank Azaria stepped down from the role. I'm sure we would have seen an announcement if there'd been one. Mm. Um, and now uh, Harry Shearer steps down from Dr. Hibbert. And there are so many people getting angry about it who you know haven't watched a single fucking new episode of The Simpsons in 15 years, so they can shut the hell up. Yeah, because if they had, they, um, they wouldn't care about The Simpsons. It's not, uh. it's not like they're going to go back... And, it's, yeah, it's not like they're going to go back and dub hundreds of episodes. Like, no. that performance still exists. And again, none of these actors came from it from a POV to do uh, point of view to do harm. None of them ever no. did it that way. But they've gone, this isn't right. Um, I mean, right. They did it in... Um... One, Mike Henry did it two years ago. Mike Henry stepped down from the role of Cleveland Brown on Family Guy and all related projects. Cleveland's had his own show. Like, this is a very popular character yeah. within that world. And Mike Henry went, you know what? You don't need a middle-aged white guy voicing a middle-aged black guy if he's going to be in it all the time. Yeah. And he said he cited the the uh, the the problem with Apu documentaries. Like, I just, it made me think a lot. And I was like, I don't think I want to do this. It doesn't sort of feel right, really. Um, so the guy they cast... He's an African-American actor who does a insanely spot-on Cleveland impression. They spotted him online, auditioned him, and then they're like, yeah, he's a good actor. You're on. So, like, he's now a recurring member of the voice cast and voices Cleveland, yeah. while Mike Henry, of course, still voices a shitload of characters in the show. It's not like he's gone away and lost a job. He just doesn't voice Cleveland anymore. And in this case, it's Dr. Hibbert. Other case in point, he's been recast with Kevin Michael Richardson. The casting of Kevin Michael Richardson in anything instantly makes it a better thing. It's a net plus, yeah. So what's the problem? Like, oh, it's going to change it. All he's going to okay. do is go <laughs> at the end of a line whenever they visit the hospital. There you go. Shut up and move on, people. They did it with um, um with Big Mouth. Uh, yes. In the last season of Big yeah. Mouth. Because Jenny Slate voiced a mixed race character on that. Um, and they just changed the voice actress mid-season. Like they had, they they. It's a fourth wall breaking show, so they drew. They did like sort of have a moment of the Jenny Slate still doing the voice, being like, mm, "Isn't it problematic that I'm voiced by a white woman in the thirties? Um, and then, <laughs> oh, like they, they full on acknowledge it, and then the voice. Changes. And then later on in the season, like the the voice changes, um, and then no one really comments on it. I don't think after that, uh, but it's it, because because it's not a show that people decided that they want to protect, no. even though they've not watched a new episode in two decades. Yeah. So exactly. <clears throat> ridiculous. The Simpsons is of course available on Disney Plus, as is as of the recording. Everything of this episode now. I've not even 23rd. checked out Star yet. Yeah, Star is on there, so. Uh, if you want to go on the Disney uh, streaming service... I'm going to bring it up and, and have a browse while we're talking. And watch Family Guy, a show which has several jokes, very nasty jokes at the expense of the Walt Disney Corporation, and in particular Walt Disney himself, mm. then go ahead. Um, it's going to be interesting, because a part of the upgrade to Disney Plus as well is the parental controls have been strengthened, yes. so you can customise them a lot more. Um which is good because Star is not content meant for kids. Though there is some kid-friendly content on Star. Um, if you, if your kid can handle The Simpsons, for example, uh, you could introduce them to Futurama, which is on Star. Modern Family. Um, Modern Family's on there. <clears throat> you know, so there's there's like a mix of stuff. Um, but it's going to be interesting how many kids watch Family Guy just cause and then see like the countless. Nazi jokes and everything. It's just going to be like, this is going to be hard to explain. I'm just taking a quick look through some of the stuff now, and they have wildly 
diluted <laughs> the uh, the quality ratio on of, uh, of, on on Dis- of Disney Plus's content with some of this stuff. Matt, 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 last week we watched three Fox movies to review and I came out of that going, I don't feel good anymore. I feel bad, so. actually. <laughs> I feel actually bad. Oh, some, so. oh, yay, yay, yay. Cult classic, <laughs> under cult classics. Go on. Yeah. Some of these are, some of these are crackers like, you know, the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet, Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Wait, waitress. Waitress is great. Which one's waitress? Uh, it's Kerry Russell, uh, working oh, at Dino. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Get, leaves a leaves a husband while she's pregnant. Has a steamy affair with uh, Nathan Fillion. Um, and then they turn it into a musical. That uh, it's a terrible is, musical. Yeah. Look, very, very, very nice, sweet film. Terrible musical. Um, and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh Christ! It's under cult classics. That's it. That's it. I'm I'm moving to Amazon Prime. <laughs> well, yeah, you should move to Amazon Prime because then you can watch all the Leprechaun films. Oh, shut up! <laughs> they're they're all on there. Uh, I think so. I I watched one and two oh. on there yesterday. Uh, because it was my day off and I hate myself. Um, and you decided and to curious. celebrate by watching Warwick Davis having fun oh, and being the only one having fun he's on set. Having such a great time, bless him. <laughs> I've um, only seen two. I've seen the first one and I've seen Leprechaun in the Hood. Uh, the second one is not good. I mean, none of them are good. None of them are good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the first three are on there. Yeah. In oh, Space God. isn't on there. That's the fourth one, That's right? That's Leprechaun. Leprechaun that, literally, oh, fifth one. Leprechaun 4 in Space. <laughs> in um, Space. Let me see. Included with Prime. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it's only the first three that are included with Prime. There is Leprechaun Origins... Oh, that's the uh, the the, the WWF Studio reboot, reboot that was like all modern reboots. They say it's a prequel, and then it comes out. And it's like yeah. it, it's not. We're doing it all over again, basically. <laughs> it's like uh, oh, okay. And then there's an unrelated film called Vengeance of the Leprechaun. But you gotta go. You gotta get in there fast because the the uh, they're leaving they're leaving Prime in five days. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm washing my hair for five days. I'm gonna, so. I, I'm gonna have to try and fit in Leprechaun three. In the as next I said five to, days. You, as I said to you before this recording, why do you watch Leprechaun in 2021 if you want to see early 90s Jennifer Aniston's lovely legs? You can just Google yeah, them. Yeah, you say this, but I'm not. <laughs> and you know Jennifer Aniston, woo, 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 and all that. But I've never been much of a Jennifer, Jennifer Anis fan. Or a Jennifer Anne Stan. Ah, oh, there it is. We may or may not have said this before the show, and both made a mental unspoken Ugh. note to bring these gags back. <laughs> Doesn't work if you point it out, Chris. But if if we if if we're not here to make you all at least go, huh, then what are we here for? Oh well, <laughs> so, begs the question: What are we here for? What are we here you know, for? We're here for we're we're here for Mortal Kombat. Coming to HBO Max, that's what we're here for. Mortal Kombat! We got a trailer for, for, the, for the new Mortal Kombat movie. 
the lack of that music anywhere in it means it's a zero out of ten. I know, it looks so stupid though, I love it. So there are two trailers available online. There's the trailer. And the Red Band trailer. Uh, Red Band all the way, baby. There is no point in watching the non-Red Band trailer, folks, because this is not a movie for kids. Um, And it's Mortal Kombat, for fuck's sake. Uh, I'm not like... For me, I was a Street Fighter kid as a kid. When I was a kid, it was a hand-me-down Nintendo, Super Nintendo from a neighbour, and it was Street Fighter 2 Turbo and Killer Instinct. And Killer I Instinct freaking is loved them. bad. It is, but I liked some of the characters. Um, but like those, those were my beat-em-ups when I was younger. Mortal Kombat and Tekken were sort of like adjacent to that, and I was aware of them, but I never really played them. And then I've started to catch up on Mortal Kombat in recent years, uh, uh, in no small part thanks to... Um, nether realms work on on the the most recent titles and, and the injustice series and things like that um so i'm i'm i was just like yeah all right, i'll give the trailer a watch i would like to watch this very much now please it looks, <laughs> it looks so fucking stupid. ridiculous i love it like but it knows it's over the top oh yeah that's what i like about it it's it's the trailer is basically a roll call of the characters that are featuring in the yeah. film and even then some of them don't name themselves, but you see them. So it's like, oh, oh shit, you're in this. It's, I mean, some of them do the, very the deliberately em- name themselves. The most embarrassing one is Sub Zero, <laughs> who, who it looks like is the villain of that. He's the antagonist of this film. Yeah, like he's sort of the the main threat. Um, although everything else and all, you know Shao Kahn and all that, like that's all being built up and exists. But like he's the well, you see him take Jax's you know. arms in the Red Band trailer, which is yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. But uh, toward the end, he just randomly goes like, "I am Sub Zero," and you're like, "And mm. like, I mean, I know you, Sub Zero, because I know who you are." So it's just weird. It's just weird. That's I don't know. That'd be like I'll be like a Beauty and the Beast trailer with Bell just turned to camera going, "I am the beauty in the title." <laughs> <laughs> They're nodding in the title. It's in one out. of the songs for crying out loud. <laughs> Beauty is Belle, the character. <laughs> um, Belle, even friends. Dan Stevens on some stilts. Oh, this weekend gone, we um, finally washed the taste of the remake out with the original. And I'm and on watching oh, it, I was good. just like, why did they bother remaking this? This is still isn't perfect. It, isn't it beautiful? It's, still it's so perfect. good. It's so, so freaking good. And there's so many things you notice on rewatches as an adult that you just didn't pick up on as a kid. Just like the way the sheep behave in the town square. Mm. All these little... And they're just just castings. Like Tony J as the asylum owner. He's only got like three lines. And he's brilliant. I love it. (laughs) She's like, yes! I love you, Tony J. Come back in a couple movies time and play the best fucking most underrated villain in all of Disney yeah. canon, please. Um, and get to sing. Um, and, and then fill in for Shere Khan in a shit sequel in a decade's time. But the point is, uh, he does a good job, but the point is... The point is... <laughs> the point is, don't watch The Jungle Book 2 or Return to Neverland. But... Um, the point is, the point at the is, end of Scorpion's spear. <sighs> Yeah, because, yeah, so it's Sub-Zero and Scorpion at the end, because of course, of course they're going to be in the trailer having a fight. And, yeah, Sub-Zero, like, stab, he, like, cuts Scorpion, a bunch of his blood flies up in the air and everything sort of slows, mo- slow motion for a moment, he freezes the blood into a point, grabs it, and then <laughs> stabs him with the dagger made of his own blood. It's beautiful, it's poetry in motion, it really it's is. so fucking stupid, I love it's, it. It's the silliest thing you will see 
ever. That that moment in the trailer was where I just it's, it's like the final kind of glory shot before the title card, and I just went, yeah, yeah, like HBO Max. They're, they're sort of slowly revealing what their release slates are in other yeah. countries and how that's going to work. I will very happily like put notifications on to find out when we know what's going on with this one because it's it's next month, right? It's like end of March. April yeah, time. It's not far away. Out pretty soon, yeah. So I will I will numb that up like it was a goddamn truck stop burger, please and thanks. Um it's I'm true. very much looking forward to Mortal Kombat. Um do you know what else is coming to HBO Max soon, Matt? You may not have heard of this. It's a very small project that definitely, definitely was made for art and not to get a load of people uh to sign up to a streaming service a year in advance. Do we have to talk about this? money? Well, I just want to touch on it very briefly. Um, All right, you're on a timer. You've got three we, minutes. We, we'd watched the Justice League trailer. I think we talked about it. No, we didn't. It came out before the last episode, so we've not really talked about it properly, have we? Anyway, it, it came out, and it was a thing, and it's still grim, and it's still stupid. And, it's in 4-3! Uh, we, we are... <laughs> it's in 4-3! I don't care about IMAX this and the that. The exact it's ratio is one three three, young man, <laughs> for IMAX. But of course... Has everyone got their IMAX screens in their back room ready? What the fuck? It's so stupid. But anyway, we, we've already said that we we didn't care for the theatrical cut. We don't think this is going to make it better. Um, There's a lot of issues with it all. Like, if you're going to... Ray Fisher, we absolutely stand with him. But if you are going to do accountability over entertainment, then why did the reshoots hire and pay money to Amber Heard and Jared Leto to shoot more scenes? Two people with very checkered pasts and presence in regards to sexual misconduct mm-hmm. um, and abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the th- and, and then also the really fucking embarrassing bit where the Joker in these future timeline thing is like, we live in a society that doesn't allow... And it's like, no, 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 you, you, you've put that line in there for the first bit because you think you're trolling people when really you just look so stupid. There was a fantastic tweet I saw yesterday that summed it up fantastically and beautifully and wonderfully and gorgeously. Uh, and I'm going to pull it up because I need to get the exact phrasing right because it will never be it will never be phrased better than the original poster. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and they put, let me bring it up. It's not too on my feed. Uh, Hamish Steele on Twitter put out, finally, Jared Leto's Joker will no longer be the worst Joker now that we have Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> Right? I, I, I couldn't paraphrase that. It's too perfect. Um, thank you, Hamish Steele. Wearing a crown of thorns. Yeah, well, it looks like from some of the photos Zack Snyder's released, it looks like he had a little corner where he got the people involved in the reshoots to pose. Because he's claimed that Ben's not shot any new footage, uh, despite the fact that Batman interacts with the Joker and that footage didn't exist. So... Unless Ben Affleck doesn't say any fucking words and he's all been superimposed into shots from other footage that hasn't been used. Yeah, it's just going to be like the, That's uh, bullshit. Like the meme of the John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love that. Ben Affleck. <laughs> but in, in those pics, you've got Amber Heard in that corner. You've got Ray Fisher in his mocap suit, like in that corner. So it's obviously just like on set, like he's taking a, a stylized photograph portrait of everyone. Yeah. And he's taken several of Jared Leto several in the trailer we see him in a SWAT uniform in these photos he's in like a butcher's smock um and in the latest one like you said he's wearing a crown of thorns which is gross because jared leto actually is trying to lead a cult of underage rock fans who fancy him i hate it so much whose dms he jumps into oh 
So wow. allegedly, if you count all the people who've come forward and said, yeah, Jared Leto's been DMing me. So yeah, yeah, Zach. Yeah, you, you feel that ego, Zach. You give him a crown of thorns. Fucking hell. I just, I can't wait for the glorious mess of the movie. Because here's the thing. There might be stuff we see in it where we go, do you know what? That was kind of cool. Do you know what? That was better. That was interesting. That's not for me, but, you know, fair enough. But I think we're more looking forward to just the morbid dissection of, like, how did this come to be? Why? What possible reason does he have to think this is, like, going to change cinema? And if you noticed, he's, Zack Snyder's doing a lot of press where he's really getting in on the whole, well, we're not going to have, we're probably not going to get a sequel. And like really kind of hammering home, like, well, they're probably not going to give us a sequel. Well, we probably won't get to carry on this universe. And it's like, so is that your next, your next phase is you want a bunch of people to start screaming at the studio for you to carry on your version. Okay, sure. Sure. Oh, not helped by the fact that Patty Jenkins and James Wan have come out and said that when they made uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman respectively, they made it with Zack's canon in mind, unquote. Oh, Zack's canon. <clears throat> Meaning the theatrical one isn't canonical, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Zack's canon. Can we not talk yeah. about Zack's canon ever again, thanks? Oh, God. Can we fire him out of it? Hey! Can we fire oh. Zack out of his own canon? Spaghetti, yo! There is some good DC news that made me very happy this week. Nope. Like, super happy. You're lying. No, true. A new digital first comic resurrecting a comic book uh, series that um, was teased a couple of years back and then cancelled, and an additional one. So, I following they, in they the footsteps, it and I don't think it got picked up first time round. Shame because the teaser image that was put with it was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, but it was part of um, the pitch. But, but the cover reveals for this these official runs are fucking stunning. Um, so. Following success of uh, Batman 66, a comic book series that's been digital first and miniseries and trade paperbacks following the further adventures of the Adam West, Burt Ward, uh, Batman Robin incarnations um, and Wonder Woman 77, uh, which has followed the Linda Carter Wonder Woman in brand new adventures in, in comic book form. Mm. We are now getting Superman 78 and Batman 89. So Fantastic. Chris Reeves' Superman continues and... Uh, Michael Keaton's Batman continues. Both seem to be taking the um, stance that, uh, like, the Superman 1, it seems, is following on from Superman 2. I guess that way, so it can be ground within that canon and it doesn't have to go too far out of that world. <laughs> it doesn't have to deal with the events of Superman 3 and Superman 4. Or Superman Returns, for that matter. Uh, well, <laughs> it can yes, ignore them all. Yes. Whereas Batman 89 is continuing on from 92's Batman Returns, so the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin don't count, um, meaning that they can keep it Keaton. They could do the Billy D. Williams version of Two Face, as was the plan originally, yes. and so much more. And these are these are digital first books coming out uh, toward the summer, with trade paperbacks of the first volumes uh, scheduled for I think it's September and October respectively. I don't know which one is coming out first. But um, I'm really looking forward to these. Oh yeah. my days! Like mostly because I read I read the first like year of '66, and it's really good. <laughs> like it's so much fun. Mike Aldred illustrated the majority of majority of it, and and then like they did the uh, the Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith miniseries, the a sequel to the uh, Green Hornet episodes. So it's another Green Hornet crossover, and that's Alex Ross did all the covers for that. It's stunning. It's just like. This is this is artists and writers who love these characters 
and probably because they grew up on these incarnations yeah. and now they want to tell stories with these versions of the characters. I mean, obviously there's some cross-platform synergy going on. Keaton's Batman will be appearing in the Flash film, so, you know, they want to obviously take capitalise on that. Maybe that's why yeah. they finally went, okay, we'll, all right, we'll do it. But, hey, if it means we get more Keaton's Batman, I'm happy. <clears throat> Just don't resurrect the Joker or the Penguin. Keep them dead. Keep them dead. Do more interesting things. Don't be pussies. <laughs> Do you think Superman will get to fight any other villain outside of Lex Luthor nope. showing up in everything? But if we get Gene Hackman in oh, a yes. robot yes. suit, yes. then I'll be a happy man. Lex Luthor, the greatest criminal mind of a generation. Like, yes, you are. You narcissistic weirdo. <laughs> Bring him on. Speaking oh, of I bet I bet you we get a, I bet you we at least get a section of the city named Otisburg <laughs> in a storyline where they take over part of it. Sorry, I'm just I'm just I'm now wanting to scream Otisburg, but I'm not gonna because it's uh half eight in the evening. Well, my neighbours are old. Speaking of weird narcissism. My neighbours? Let's talk about WandaVision. Do 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 do, or rather, do 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 do. Guys, spoiler, 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 spoiler time. Episode seven of One Division. One Division. One One Division. The Modern Family episode. Slash the Office. Slash the Office with the title sequence. Holy shit! Yes, yeah. Also interesting, like Vision buggered off. I like, still didn't come back. This is the first episode where the two of them didn't share a scene together. Yeah. And as a result, the titles were just Wanda, 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 Wanda. And then the very last one was Wanda Vision. It's like, interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. I, right. Let's let's talk the first 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> before we, let's talk the first 25 minutes. So, uh, uh, well, we got the big reveal of uh, who Monica's aerospace engineer friend is. And it's no one we know. Yeah, which I'm which is fine, fine. With, which is fine because I but it think... has spawned a meme because so many people online now are joking that everything is Reed Richards. <laughs> Although that... I think that's deliberate as well. I think that was mm. deliberately set up and not paid off until now to keep you thinking to distract <laughs> from the enormous bombshell that everyone kind of knew was coming that comes later in the episode. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um... But I like it. I like the space rover. I think that's a great plot idea. Like she basically recruits help from aerospace engineer, uh, uh, team at Sword, who are sort of, it's not like Swords in factions, but it's someone who obviously was very knows Monica and was very fond of her mom. Yeah, and 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 sort of is more loyal to her mom's way of running things. So, yeah, there's this extra little sword camp set up where they get the space rover, which is a gorgeous design as well. It's a really cool design for the vehicle, and then yeah. it looks extra great when it doesn't quite make it through the hex and comes out, and the front of it's turned into like a, a sort of standard car, right up to like the middle wheel. It's like the middle wheels have got only half a wheel because it's only half transformed. Yeah, it's, that's a neat that effect. was really cool. And then Monica's like, "I've been through before. I'm gonna go through it because it seems that the more force they put into the hex now, the the more resistance it puts yeah. up." So Monica theorizes that like if she walks through, it'll put up less resistance. But they know that it could still harm her. However, she's going off the fact that, as we've learned, she's been through it twice, uh, and as a result, has has like her body's changed. So 
she t- she figures, look, if I go through it, the worst that's going to happen is it's going to affect my body a bit more, but I know I can get through because I've done it before. And it seems like it's changing her in a more interesting way than just yeah. like feeling off. Um, Which as soon as Darcy gets that line in the in the previous episode, I'm like, oh, one, that's yeah. how they're going to make her into Photon slash Spectrum slash Captain Marvel slash whatever she ends up being. I think they're going for Photon because um, her mum's nickname is Photon uh, yeah, yeah. in Captain Marvel on a plane on yeah. the side. Her mum's her mum's middle name, looking at the thing, you know, is Photon. So it's like, okay, okay. But also her costume, like when she takes the spacesuit off yeah. and it has like the the sort of aerodynamic suit underneath, the black and the white color scheme. It's like, oh, this is really fucking cool that they're doing that. Like. One division is giving birth to another hero in the MCU, and it's Photon. It's like holy shit! And there are people online every week, millions of people invested in Monica Rambeau. And every now and again, I do have to pinch myself and go, "Are we really at this point in pop culture? Well, like the world at large is excited for like things like Monica Rambeau, Korg." Listen, do, do you know what I mean? People know what Stormbreaker is. Like, this is where we're at. All now. this is leading to the next wave film. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> next wave, Agents of Hate. <laughs> and then we're gonna get Excalibur, and uh, and oh fucking no, the superior foes of Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> let's just pick the weirdest teams. Let's pick the weirdest fucking teams. Exiles, but like the C-list lineup. Um. <laughs> but it's just it's, it's mental to think we're at that point now where like the world is invested in Jimmy Woo. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like here's where we are. People this is want mad. I a love Jimmy this. Woo spin-off series. Yeah, they they want a, they want an X Files Twin Peaks show where Jimmy Woo, Monica Rambeau, and and da- Doctor Darcy Lewis like investigate weird shit in America. And I'm like, I'd watch it. Speaking of Darcy, um. Sword got enveloped by the hex, and we saw the agents and and their tents turning into circus tents and clowns and jugglers. So we see what happened to her because she was handcuffed to the van, mm-hmm. and that seems to have informed what became of her because she's an escapologist. She's the escape artist, <laughs> which is really. But also that makes sense because she's the one who's going to help Vision kind of crack everything and it's very good. Just is oh god, and and she's basically just dressed in a marching band uniform. <laughs> She looks like she looks like she's dressed as comic book Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, <laughs> it's very which, uh, that Abnet Guardians. It's just super cute, and and also <clears throat> she's um for for the first like five minutes of it, she's in sitcom brainwashed part of yeah. this world mode, which of course is utilizing Kat Dennings, who has the experience of like seven seasons of Two Broke Girls under a belt, so she just fits naturally into the sitcom world, especially a two thousand sitcom, two thousand twenty tens vibe, and we have Vision sort of going like, no, like you saw each other, we made a connection. She's like, okay, <laughs> so, no, no, not like that. So he kind of snaps her out of the out of the trance, and he's like, right, what's happening? And finally, she starts to Vision starts to learn what's going on from the perspective of the viewer, um, uh, and also starts to question himself and the ridiculousness of his apparent previous life and the amount of things that have happened and everyone who's followed all the movies is going, yep, yep, no, yep, 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 uh huh, okay. But they they make it. What's great about the writing is they really make a focus on what's important here is you died. She loves you. You love her. We need to find a way to come out of this yeah. for the better. 
that's the key thing not have you all been paying attention to all these movies it's just once again like all the good marvel stuff if you've seen the previous shit it's a bonus that enhances the experience yeah. of the thing you're watching um <clears throat> but it's not the core part of the story uh Vision decides to camera brilliant in this. Paul Bettany, even though he spends all of this one in full vision makeup, gets to do so much Jim Halperting. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, as everyone does. Yeah. Particularly but he, get, he gets those glorious Han. shots. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, hang on. My fa- weirdly, my, my highlight of the episode, aside from what we're going to get to, mm. was Vision ending the interview segment taking off his clip mic, which I didn't even realise was there until he took it off. And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, he's got a clip mic on his cape. And then banging his head on the boom as he stood up. <laughs> Just like swatting it away. It was brilliant. Um, it's very good. The asides for Wanda, where like it's just the framework of these sitcoms. And again, that's genius, because it's utilising the sitcoms to b- reinforce what's happening. And, and in this case, it's these little asides. In the case of the Mondays, <laughs> am I right? And all these things. And then she starts to ask questions and a voice behind the camera like asks prompts or a question like it would do a piece to camera but these shows don't ever have that the office and, and mm. modern family and that they don't have voices behind the camera say something but these setups are usually that kind of exchange so then when she sort of reacts to it it's like i'm sorry wait who who are you and then it moves on so even wanda doesn't really know what's going on anymore mm-hmm. um but she doesn't come out at the end of it like what just happened she's just it never happened so something is completely in control of this world and she is just a pawn in it. Her power is being used to make this world. But she's not in, she's not in charge. Um, <clears throat> so we've got recovered Monica, who's getting powers. She's getting all blue and glowy. Uh, and at least sort of uh, her sort of strength has perked up because like yeah. Wanda drops her like using her powers. And um, Monica just superhero landings. the gra- Like very deliberately the superhero yeah. landing trope. To make a point of, oh, oh, okay, they mm, they've got an ally in here. Wanda's, All right, okay. Uh, Wanda's powers seem to be on the fritz. <clears throat> yeah, everything keeps changing. The stork makes a reappearance, <laughs> um, which is quite fun. Like all the TVs changing and that, and uh, yeah, that was spooky. That was really spooky. Like, all the tech and everything just shifting yeah. around her. Um, so she sends the boys off to be with Agnes. She's like, don't worry, I don't bite. And then I actually did bite a child once. Yeah, you did, you fucking Hansel and Gretel motherfucker. Anyway, um, so Agnes takes the kids in with her uh, for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and <laughs> to hang out with her with her rabbit, Senor Scratchy. Did you catch that? That was in fucking... uh, episode two, I think, as well. Yeah, it only hit me this week, though. Scratchy. <laughs> Nicola Scratch. Fucking Nicola Scratch. I mean, it won't be him. It's a reference. Like, Sparky's a reference. But it's like, are you seriously referencing the sun? Okay. Short sometime Doctor Strange enemy. Like, Damon Hellstrom's, like, rival. You're really going there with all this stuff? Yeah. I guess you are. They're really going there. Because then Wanda goes to check out that the kids are okay. And they're not there. And there's a fly on the window. And a lot of people are already theorizing online that the devil first appears as a fly in um, Marvel Comics and that devil turns out to be Mephisto. I think this is more just to show that something's off, but whatever, sure. It wouldn't surprise me if Mephisto turns up. At this at this stage, really, are you at that point now where you're like, yeah, fuck it. They're going to do, do something that ballsy. Cause, Why not? Because that's the thing. 
Wanda goes down into the basement and things get really gnarly and there's trees and the aspect ratio slowly changes as she makes the final steps into the basement, which is really fucking beautifully edited. It just sort of shifts very slightly. Mm-hmm. By the time she's in the dark, you haven't even realised that the bars are there until like the shot changes. Like, oh shit, the bars are here. Um, and she enters what could only be described as the cloister room. <laughs> Lu- Lucy, when we were watching it, went, is Tegan sat on a bench crying somewhere in the corner. <laughs> yeah, there's an air hostess got lost in here. Yes, always. Um, Tegan is always sat on a bench in a corner somewhere crying. You mean on the run from your own people in a rickety old Hicksfield? Because <laughs> um, that's the thing as well. Shortly before this, the broadcast stops. So outside, they can't get hold of it anymore. And my mm-hmm. first thought was, is it because they're using the older analog equipment and this is now broadcasting on what would be HD? So if they like used a newer TV, same they could see it. But same signals. And that's the thing. It's because the show doesn't need to be broadcast anymore. No one needs to see this because, well, um, Wanda gets down to the basement. We see some creepy skulls and antlers and all that sort of shit. Potions uh, and lotions and glowy cases. book. Yeah, uh, the uh, the the Darkhold. Maybe I can't really think of any other um, magical mm. books in the Marvel universe off the top of my head. I'm gonna have to go back and check, but I've seen people online mention this week after this episode that in Doctor Strange in the Sanctorum there is a cabinet with a series of books in these individual sections, like sort of their own little places. Yeah, and one of them is empty. And the shape of the door is a hex. A hexagonal shape. And I'm like, if that's true, then fuck me sideways. That was shot six years ago. Now, they did that in Thor by putting the Infinity Gauntlet in the treasure room, but then made a joke later on about, like, fake. So it was just bait to make us think, oh, that's the Infinity Gauntlet. But if they've this time gone, no, do you know what? There's a book missing from the Sanctum Sanctorum, and it's the fucking um, dark hole, and there it is. That'd be that would be impressive. That would be very impressive if they've done that that far. But it would also make sense, considering the sequel to this show is the Doctor Strange sequel. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's Agatha Harkness, motherfuckers. We got it. We got it right. And the rest of the internet has been deliberating too, but the clues, all the ones we kind of picked up on, were correct like the whole she's in my head no name the driver's license like lack of driver's license on agnes's profile and even as i was watching the episode it hit me like a ton of bricks ag Arthur hark ness mm-hmm. her name is literally hidden in the middle of her name yeah that's insane and genius and simple and brilliant why is this significant for those who are home going who who all all korath styley or stephen toast <laughs> Based on your choice. <laughs> I once held on to Benedict Cumberbatch's balls for four hours. Who? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the real news we've not touched on. Toast of Tinseltown's been confirmed. And it's, coming to, and it's coming to the BBC, which means a full, uninterrupted half hours of Stephen Toast. Um, which makes me happy. But anyway. I wonder if Clem uh, will make it over there. Oh, I, I, I guarantee most of the supporting cast will end up being in it. If anything, just because they'd all go, wait, you want me to film in America for three weeks? Sure, fuck yeah. it, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you just got, just got like, a, 
what do you call it? Uh, Harry Peacock and Tracy Ann Oberman all on the phone, like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. I'll go to America for a bit, why not? Um, so, yeah, Agatha Harkness, uh, in the comics, we've touched on it briefly, but like she originated as a Fantastic Four character. She wasn't, she's, she's not, not a bad guy, she's but not she's really definitely mysterious. Yeah, yeah she's, she's mysterious. And she's facilitated hero and villain alike. Mm-hmm. She's, she's not out for her own, but she... Um, there's some weird shit going on. Like she hasn't, she has a a familiar who's a cat, who turned who He Man style turns into a big fucking puma. Yeah. Um, but uh, in recent years, because she's only ever appeared in like six or seven storylines ever, she doesn't show up a lot. No, she was a regular supporting um, cast member for this Fantastic Four for oh for FF, like a but, but in decade t- or so. But in terms of after that, she's one of those characters who just from time to time it's like oh shit Agatha Harkness. Well, she got oh, killed off at the start of House of M, I think. And then didn't well, yeah, come back she, until she, recently. She kept talking to Wanda, and then I think uh, Nick Fury found her body, uh, and it looked like she'd been dead for a while. Hmm. So Wanda had been seeing her, like, talking to her. But also at one point, her cat was dead, and it's implied she killed her cat because, like, sacrificing her familiar boosted her powers. So you're like, well, you're not a bad guy, but you killed your fucking cat <laughs> we and my and i killed sparky too um so so she's not a villain but her son is nicholas scratch is a villain um she's tangled with mephisto she's one of the original like salem witches yeah um part of like the sister is it the sisterhood of seven or the seven sisters i'm not sure who have done bad things ultimate fantastic four had agatha harkness in it uh it was a mislead because for ages it was a youthful character. And then they eventually revealed that she looks youthful, but she is like, you know, as old as the Salem Witch Trials. Yes. Um, and she was a being of magic, of like chaotic magic, that was also the other six of the Seven Sisters. Okay. So the Seven Sisters were actually this one creature and they appeared as these various things. In that, they were, they were villains and it was a one-off story. Hmm. So... Um, maybe they're leaning more into the ultimate version. I mean, the MCU does that quite a bit, sort of costume designs and like Nick Fury as a whole and things like that. So maybe they're going there. I I don't mind personally. I don't mind them retooling Agatha as a villain. Well, I honestly don't do mind else that. With her. I honestly, that's the thing. I don't mind it because maybe Catherine Hahn becomes the new Loki. Oh, maybe she that, rocks up in maybe she I'd rocks like. up in more than one thing. Because we know she makes a good Marvel villain. We fucking heard her do it as Olivia Octavius. Mm. So, like, you know, give us more Catherine Hahn. But that reveal. So Wanda gets downstairs thinking she says, uh, it's nice to, oh, is it? it's nice to, I'm Agatha Harkness. It's nice to finally meet you. Because obviously she's been playing Agnes this whole time. Yeah. And then she sort of like, um, like, you know, hypnotizes Wanda and suddenly we see the title sequence. <laughs> Which was all along. Which is hands down the best one of the whole fucking series. It's perfect. It's a monsters homage for starters, which is beautiful. Like the music and the font and everything, just and and the tune. It's oh good god, and that just the riff like the bum bum ba bum bum ba. It's like riff you know do 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 do. It's these really catchy sort of tunes and the spooky sound effects. Um, but we see we see her through the episodes and what she's been doing, and uh, including the first shot, which I love. We don't see her face. 
when she first arrives in the title sequence for episode one. No. We see a very older looking sort of costume, like shawl and, and you know, braided skirt, sort of dreaded skirt and these older boots. And the magic kind of goes up. By the time it gets to the top of the shot, she's Agnes, the dotty neighbor from the first episode. And I'm like, I bet she's old as fucking balls. I bet at some point we're going to see Agatha Harkness looking like Agatha Harkness. Complete with the McDonald's just... arch eyebrows. Oh, God, yes. Yes, complete with the McDonald's arch eyebrows and the old lady clothes, but somehow the weirdly sinister vibe. Um, Aunt May with magics. Um, and then we just... Oh, my God. The... the <laughs> Not to sound like an episode of Drag Race, but, like, the look she's serving, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, she's doing some powerful shit with just her expressions in this title sequence. Mm. Like, really kind of do it. Like, she keeps showing flashes of, like, oh, it's just me. And then just resorting back to, like, you fucking idiots. Like, right down the barrel of the camera. And we see her talking to. She's the one who prompts Wanda from behind the camera. And she gives. That's sort of the only kind of comedic shot in it. She kind of gives this little, like, wrap it up yeah. sort of gesture to the camera, like, we're fucking done now. Um, like, looking away from vision as he's postulating when he's talking to her in the car in the Halloween spooktacular and she just sort of looks at the camera and is like and then carries on like it's great she created Pietro uh, or at least yeah or at least brought that. a Pietro in I like that because everyone again keeps going Pietro's Mephisto it's like she's fucking conjuring him like she's she's making him with a her purple magic hand thing or she's you know making it appear um which I'm fine with. I'd, I'd be more than happy to find out that, like, there's no connection to the X-Men universe and they cast Evan Peters for us to fuck yeah. with us on purpose. I'd be fine with that. If it weren't for... And I killed Sparky, too, which is obviously the big reveal, and everyone's already memeing it. And I cancelled Firefly and all these things. <laughs> um, one reveal in this episode, one little notion, plays on the idea that, no, alternate realities are definitely still a big part of this. The commercial... This week, yeah, for a essentially it was paracetamol, it was ibuprofen, but it was called Nexus, and it was talking about like changing your reality for the better. Yep, and the Nexus of all realities, uh, and Nexus beings are a part of the comics. Uh, the Nexus of all realities is essentially the tapestry that holds the different dimensions together like it's it's the thin line between us tumbling into an alternate universe at any given time it is the walkway for beings that travel between existences there are nexus beings that play on reality wanda's mutant power in the comics is like you know hex magic which is basically short term for she can fuck with reality on a small <laughs> scale or in stories like house of m on a big fucking catastrophic scale mm. But she can fuck with reality. There are Nexus beings like that that do that. Um, they imply that a lot of magic beings are Nexus beings. So you could buy the Agatha Harkness in the comics is possibly a Nexus being because magic might be about bending reality. Like certain sorcerers are about bending reality. Uh, the man thing is like the Nexus of all realities. He's like a reality, a Nexus being that is so intrinsically linked to the web of existence that if you killed the Man-Thing, you would split oh, no, the no. universe. He's the guardian of the Nexus of our realities. Oh, he's realities. the guardian of the Nexus. The that's actual it. Nexus yeah. of our realities itself is in the Everglades. Mm. And that's why he wanders the swamps. But no one confront him, Matt, because all who know fear burn at the touch of the Man-Thing, and that's not a pawn. 
Um, Giant-sized Man-Thing. Giant-sized Man-Thing. Matt, if we get the Man-Thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I will be fucking delighted. Just because people will be walking around going, oh, I love Man-Thing. Oh, my favourite Marvel character is Man-Thing. Well, they did do that Man-Thing movie. And it was a Marvel Studios production. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first ones they did on their own. That's weird, isn't it? Pre-Iron Man. The Man thing. (gasps) The Man thing was like a prototype for Marvel Studios as a production house to make movies. And then after that, they went away and made... uh, They did some animated films, but then they made Iron Man with Paramount. Does that mean that Man thing was the nexus of all realities as far as we can concern the MCU? Man thing started the journey that led to Iron Man. One one could one could posit I don't, that. I don't, yeah. I don't mean they're going to tie the terrible straight to DVD certificate fifteen Man Thing movie from twenty two thousand five into the MCU, but it's kind of weirdly poetic that Man Thing started what we've ended up with now. <laughs> That's kind of odd. Um, and then we get a mid and then we get a mid credit sequence, the the first one in the series where um. Uh, Monica bur- rips open the cellar door outside of Agnes's to obviously try and find Wanda and the missing kids. And Pietro rocks up and is like, swipe no, swipe or something like that. Snoop Snoop is going to snoop. snoop. And then it cuts to black and we're like, oh, what's going to happen now? Because you forget up to that point that Pietro's not shown up in the episode. Nope. He's been mentioned, but he never shows up. And then he rocks up in the mid-credits. It's like, what? I dug it. It felt like the perfect Act 3 has begun, motherfuckers. Here we go, episode. We're in the end game now. Yeah. Uh... yeah. Um, I love it. It makes me happy. Um, long may it rain for at least two more weeks. <laughs> but then, only a couple more weeks after that before we get Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, fuck yes. Yes, bitch. And only mere yes. moments... Before oh. we read this week's emails. Um, oh, this week's well, emails. This this week's emails. Also, some who's emails left from an e- previous weeks so we've not got to. Who's left an email in the inbox? We'll be checking it in a sec. Oh, this is a chunky one. Chunky McGee. This one comes from our our Doctor Who correspondent, Sam. Right, everybody, take your medication. In we go. Hello, lads, it's me, Sam, and I'm back. Hey, Sam. So, Chris, you want good big finish to get well? Good job, I'm here. On the tube, I said, (laughs) Doctor Who, the Stones of Venice. You and not Chris will love this. The Doctor and Charlie decide to take a well-deserved break for the monotony of being chased, shot, and generally suffering antisocial behaviour at the hands of others. And so they end up in Venice, well into Charlie's future as the great city prepares to sink beneath the water for the last time. It's so good. Sorry, is this email a crossover with my YouTube show, Doctor Who Review? I think it is. (laughs) He's also recommending... um, This is like an MCU project. It makes sense on its own, but if you did the required reading, it makes even more sense. (laughs) He's also recommending the uh, short trips... Um, oh, I got them. I've got all four of them. I bloody love them. For, the original short uh, trips, Forever Fallen uh, releases. Oh yeah, there's been other ones since, hasn't there? Yeah, no, I've 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 got the original uh, four CDs. CDs, boys and girls, um, are like Spotify, but they're shaped like coasters. Uh, and about this, and if your internet's down, you can still listen to them. About this one, Sam says, 
So until now, an offered chance from the Doctor to stop. Or he will kick your bloody ass. This has never stopped the villain schemes. Until now, the android armies, the powerful space stations, the mind control rays have gone unchecked to disastrous effect. Until now, but then what happens? The bad guy stops or is he? It's free on the Big Finish website, apparently. Um, because it's performed right. by Nicholas Briggs. Um, but, it's, <laughs> but it looks like it's a Seventh Doctor story. Um, and then number three... Oh, it's me, the Seventh Doctor, as played by Nicholas Briggs. Number three uh, is The Memory Cheats, um, which is a Second Doctor story. Ah. Performed by Wendy, uh-huh. performed by Wendy Padbury. Oh, yay. Um, Zoe Harriet remembers everything, but she remembers nothing. A genius with instant recall, Zoe's mind has been purged of her memories of travelling with the Doctor and Jamie in the TARDIS. And years later, she's in deep trouble, persecuted by a mysterious company that has evidence she has travelled in space and time. Except Zoe knows they're wrong, aren't they? But if that's the case, why is there proof that Zoe was in Uzbekistan in 1919? Can the memory cheat? Now, just a warning: you may need to listen to Echoes of Grey. I don't know. I didn't know this, but I think you don't. Your choice. And we're done for this week. So bye. And then a lovely animated gif of of the Second Doctor and Jamie being all snuggly. Oh, they're getting very close. There. Oh yes, yes, yes. Ah, so Jim, Jamie, Jamie, oh, Jamie, Jamie, no, oh, Jamie. Oh, oh yes, more Jamie, please, mm, Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> um, kiss me, Jamie. Kiss, kiss me, Jamie. Ah, yes, the hit single by Patrick Troughton. Kiss Who's me, that Jamie. snogging Fraser Hines? It was Agatha all along. Uh, this one comes in from. Oh God, Cleo. Cleo, hello, Cleo. I just wanted to raise some points. Oh, that sounds filthy. Greetings to the big damn boys. Just had a few points regarding your seven on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier last week. Obviously, this was more than a couple of weeks ago uh, at this point. A couple of weeks back, yeah. Uh, number Super one, Bowl episode. Number one, Erin Kellyman's character is a woman named Carly Morgenthau, leader of the Flag Smashers and seemingly not Sin, for now at least. Uh, I think she's probably going to be the closest the MCU gets to Sin. Um, could 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 do Sin. They could do an Iron Man with the villains, where they sort of mash villains up. Yeah. Uh, um... But yeah, fair enough. At least at least we know what the credit be. Uh, Georges St. Pierre is coming back as Patrick Zilliper in the series. Hey! I think we mentioned that, that he was. I, th- I think I think we said we hoped he would. Yeah. So that's that's good. That's pretty good. That makes me happy. And three, wouldn't wouldn't Red Skull having a daughter imply Palpatine Rise of Skywalker style that he fucked? Oh shit. True, but. But uh, Hugo Weaving Red Skull has the opportunity to make his face look like acceptable for someone on the pull. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, yeah. it's. Then again, maybe he met someone who was like, "Do you know what I love, um, Herr Schmidt? What I love men with no skin on their face." <laughs> And a green screen blob on the bridge of their nose to be removed in post-production. I do love a faceless man. <laughs> I do not really turns me on. Men who have sidekicks who are tiny German scientists with round glasses. You, you fancy 
Arnim, no, no, no. My fetish specifically is for taller men who hang out with smaller <laughs> men. You wouldn't care if that man had a red skull for a face. If anything, I wouldn't care. I, 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 you're too tall. You're too tall for me to notice. I don't like short kings. <laughs> I just like my men to be around short kings. I fancy people who stand short kings. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we stand Toby Jones. Um, this, <laughs> this is a... This is a, uh, a coming long, soon to Pornhub. A long gestating email. Um, <laughs> Anybody from, who loves tall men who hang out with short men. From our dear, dear friend Charles. Charles! Charles? Is he the future Charles? No. We not are them. the future, not them. We are the future Charles. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he says, Bonjour, Aloha, Charles. And hello, hello my big damn boys. A thousand apologies for the huge gap in correspondence. Uh, to take something of a sabbatical from the show, I still haven't quite caught up with The Mandalorian, an issue I'm rectifying with slightly less enthusiasm as I had done with WandaVision due to the controversy therein, which I'm sure you've covered by now. We have indeed. Um, in fact, even in this episode. Yes. <laughs> with the recent news of Pedro Pascal taking the reins of Joel in the HBO Last of Us adaptation, continuing his track record of being the prince of prestige genre television, it got me thinking. What would you like to see from this adaptation? What scenes oh. from the original source are essential for you? Where would you like them to deviate? Was there ground left uncovered in the original game that you'd like to see fleshed out on television? With Bella Ramsey as Ella, a can it if unexpected choice for my money, who would you like to see amongst the supporting players? Tess, David, et al. I hope you both well. I miss you dearly and was so hoping to have been able to join you again by now to waffle until our brain batter ran dry. Alas, this is a good thing, so wait, I must. P.S. Thanks for reminding me about Persona 5 on a previous episode, Chris. I've been meaning to get around for it, Renage, and your mention of the, the other week finally got me to pip for the royal version. I spent almost an entire month doing absolutely bugger oil else and have since platinumed it. So thank you for giving me something to fill the void whilst work was stood down. Tatty bye, rough men. That's impressive. It's a, it's a minimum 80 hours long. That's impressive and that's just like playing through Listen, it he Never had mind nothing else to it. do uh, right leading L Charles HBO Last of Us what do we want to see from HBO Last of Us well I'll tell you what I was thinking about this um, they killed Joel in the opening five minutes <laughs> and just to stick it to everyone who had a complaint there, I you, go. there you go you could definitely flesh out some of the relationships by adding some flashbacky stuff particularly for Joel and Tommy and their relationship, yeah. possibly yep. for Joel and Tess as well. Um, Lucy Lawless should be Tess. Uh, yes. So there oh. we go. Yeah, that's that good. one sorted. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the casting for some of the other characters, but yeah, Lucy Lawless should be Tess. There we go. Um, that's that's a given. Yeah. Um, um, I, 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 there's nothing I necessarily want. Really good practical effects for the clickers. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do them, don't CGI them, because if we want to see that, we can see it in The Last of Us, the video game. Yeah. Like, give us some really freaky... And give us some clickers that are unique to the, the adaptation as well. Yeah. Like... Well, that's what my, I think. My... I think you, you should keep the, the sort of big beats of the game. But also, you've yeah. got... The, it takes place over the course of a year, so you've got these big skips of time where you could, like, have them on the road and then maybe fill in that sort of narrative gap with 
flashbacks from it mm-hmm. to be there, Ellie or Joel's past that helped do, that sort of inform their connection or inform what they've been through to this point. Because you do get some teasing of Tommy and Joel saying that they did terrible things to survive and to get the way mm-hmm. they are. But then it also helps it, the fact that Tommy used to be a firefly can also help you flesh out the sort of what the fireflies <laughs> deal is and why they're good or why they're bad, depending on which way you look at it. Um, I would like to see the last of us part two seeded. Um, yeah. If they, if they, cause if they're going to adapt that too, sow those seeds in the first yeah. story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it would make, prepare, prepare this audience for stuff that the other audience were kind of like taken aback by, yeah. by seeding it subtly. Because I yeah. think that if you, so spoilers for last of us part two, if you, if you, if you uh, bothered about last of us part two spoilers, um, it's really long, it's and really long. you're going to suck at playing guitar. Um, <laughs> so, Abby, the other playable character, is the daughter of the surgeon you kill at the end of the first game as Joel. Yeah. And that's the reason she's going after Joel at the start of the game, why she kills him at the, touches and kills him at the start of the game. And uh, it's sort of the, and that, of course, in turn is the reason that Ellie comes after her. Last of Us Part 2 is, for better or worse... Uh, how it handles it is going to be dependent on the way you experience Personal the game. Personal experience, yeah. Um, then <clears throat> it is all about, it's a game about cycles of revenge. Mm-hmm. And I, I certainly spent a lot of, of watching it, of watching Keats play through it, being just being like, Ella, just, just turn back, for Christ's sake. Just, And I think that's what they're going for. Uh, but like toward, like toward the end, where like time has passed. Yeah. And then she still goes back. Yeah. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, like you, you're relatively happy, and you have a relatively relatively safe existence. Stop, just, <laughs> just stop fucking now. stop. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's about the cyclical nature of, of yeah. vengeance, and and it's, but, so if you're gonna do series, the second game in the series, really build. Well, what I'm like, what I would be thinking is is to flesh out that group of fireflies. Yeah. Like Abby and her father sort of parallel mm. their relationship. So, and then you end up with your sort of two characters on a collision course. Yeah. Yeah. So you have those two, you have those two characters developed and it's not until you have that confrontation in the operating theater that you realize that the two, two groups of characters have come together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes um, sense. But so I think you could really, you, you unless they're going to do it as a single, a single, single season if they're gonna if they want to plan to do multiple seasons of it i think that's something you can use to sort of flesh it out a bit further uh let's have a think about casting i'm just thinking about characters in that first game um because i i I agree in terms of the story beat like i like it, it if you're just adapting the first game then either plan out like the two seasons that are going to adapt to the first game hit those key points but use the medium to explore avenues that didn't happen like mm. if it takes place over the course of a year say you've got six episodes a season if three of those episodes three or four of them touch solidly on the story of the game per season that gives you two extra episodes worth of length to tell stories that didn't happen in the game yeah so so at least it's like because my biggest bugbear with all video game adaptations to movie or, or TV is that 
even the good ones, which are few and far between, but even the good ones, I come out of the back of it and I go, well, I think I would have enjoyed that more if I was playing it. Or yeah. I enjoyed that more when I played it than I did watching it. So very few of them kind of tell a spin-off or, or elaborate on the source material in a way that makes it feel like a valid reason for it to be made beside money and, and viewing figures. So if The Last of Us takes place over a year and we don't see that entire year in the game, show us more of that year. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the way to go. Yeah, as long um, as well as it ties in thematically to everything so that it just reinforces the the characters, the relationships, the arcs for everyone. And it's not just Monster of the Week sort of stuff. But that being said, make some clickers and stuff that like don't feature in the games. Give the Give the show some things that are completely unique to the show. Do yeah. an episode set completely in the past, like tell the Firefly story and everything. Like do that, and you know, like go go that far. Like one week you just tell a story set like before the events of the main narrative of the first game, and you spend a whole episode on that. And but at the same time, I'm also not gagging to run to this because I'm bored of zombie TV, and I know The Last of Us isn't strict. I mean, it's zombies and strictly all, zombie. Yeah, yeah, but it's. It kind of is. Like, it's a bunch of people in overgrown buildings and estates being really bored or really stressed or becoming cannibals and trying to survive while zombies attack them. And I'm like, you got to do something pretty fucking unique to make me give a shit. Like, I like The Last of Us. I played The Last of Us and I I liked it, but I just, you know. No, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean completely. Um it's like Ratchet and Clank. The Ratchet and Clank film was lovely, but it was just the cutscenes with some additional bits yeah. of You've the, really the, got the a... reboot game, which was a much more fulfilling experience. Yeah. So, I think yeah. you've really got to focus on the relationships between the characters, with, mm. with Joel and Ellie being at the course of that. But also pull the stuff in from the Left Behind DLC and and sort of establish, um, yeah, Ellie and Riley's relationship. I'm not sure about casting for Riley. I'm trying to think. Gonna be young mixed race actress. Maybe that could be the task for these here listeners. Yeah. If you all be so curious as to as to the Last of Us TV show, and you think you know who would make for a pretty solid cast for the recurring characters. Yeah, young um, young black actress for Riley. Um, for Ellie's flashbacks, we already know Lucy Lawrence is gonna play Tess. Who are you gonna play? Who's gonna play Tommy? Because he's he's uh, he's Joel's younger brother. Yeah. But and I and immediately I go oh Owen Wilson. Like in a serious serious role, Owen Wilson. Yeah, I could he but, pass as younger than Pedro? Yeah, but he's though. not. He's like, <clears throat> like seven or eight years. years he's like seven or eight years older than Pedro Pascal. Yeah. So now I'm thinking Wyatt Russell. Ooh. But he's like, ooh, he and Pedro actually have kind of a similar profile. Yeah. And he's the. I could, he's I could buy them as, as I could buy them as as as, as relatives. And conceivably, they're both going to be aged up, because yeah. Pedro Pascal is not in his late fifties, which Joel yeah. is in the yeah. in the main story. Um, so that could work because Wyatt Russell's only thirty five. Um, uh, Bill, you know, would be good as Bill. Hmm? I'm just going to double check his name. Um, Think what's his name? Live research happening, folks. Live yes. research happening. Right uh, now. His name is D- 
David Denman. David Denman? He's, David the, he's Denman? the dad in Brightburn. Oh shoot! Yes, yes, he's great as well. Like yeah. I just, I, I, I agree with this just on the basis of wanting to see him in more things. I think he's, I think he'd be really good as Bill. Um, mm. <clears throat> God, I love Brightburn. It's fucking grim. It's crazy. It? I loved it. Um, it's horrible, and I loved it. <laughs> Like the Mortal Kombat trailer. It's horrible, and I loved it. <laughs> I would like... You know who would like as... Um... Oh, what's the name? The Firefly last. Is it Nadine? Nadine? No. Uh, uh, it's not Nadine. That's the Firefly last... Firefly lady. Yeah, that's the last from... Um... <laughs> I'm thinking of the last from Uncharted. Lost Legacy. Yes. Um... What is the fucking name? It's been ages since I played The Last of Us. Um... <laughs> Marlene. 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 I'm begging Richard. I cast somebody good. Would like as Marlene. Um. Judy Smollett from Birds of Prey. Ooh, yeah. Oh, she was good. Yes, yeah. again, She's also just a casting Lovecraft that's made me go, I want to see more of them. Yeah, I've still yes. not watched that. Is it all on Now TV now to watch together? I don't know if it's all on Now TV. I don't have the Now TV anymore. But um, uh, out- Yeah, they keep cycling stuff. Twilight Zone Series 2 has shown up again. It's out on like, DVD. Because I, mi- I missed five of them. It's out on so. home media because they've got it in Asda. Um, Asda. We're not sponsored, mm-hmm. but if they'd like to sponsor us, force people to wear masks, you fucks. Sam and Henry? Um... Come again? Sam and Henry. The brother and... No, thank you. The, I, the, two, the two brothers who uh, Joel and Ellie run into and then the younger one gets infected and the other guy kills himself. So how old are we talking? Uh, late 20s, early 30s for Henry, if I've got them the right way around. And then like 14 for Sam. Same age as Ellie. No, like 12, 14. He's, I think he's like a year or so younger than Ellie. Because he's it, like, there's a whole thing where he's like, he sees a toy, like a cool robot toy, and he's like, and then, but he doesn't pick it up. Then Henry's like, oh no, you're too young, you're too old. There comes a time to put away yeah. childish things. But he's like, he's cle- he's not a child. He's like, he's clearly a teenager. But he's not had a childhood. Yeah. Because this has been going on for like, how many years has it been? Go- By the time of The Last of Us, how, how many years has it been? Uh, 20 years. Yeah, so, so he's Ellie, not Ellie chi- was, he's not had a childhood yeah. ever. Ellie was born after the outbreak. Ellie was born in the post apocalypse Yeah, because that, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Of like, she's immune. Is, is that evolution? Is it some kind of key? Oh, it seems to just Where be a twist of fate, because apparently we've not heard of anyone else being immune, mm. even as of the end of The Last of Us Part 2. So. Um, Will they ever get to answering it? Sam and not. Henry... <laughs> Go with um, what's his bloody name now? Uh, sorry, I know this is fascinating. I'm just trying to think of. No, 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 go for it. Um, I, I, hey, there, there are people who are deep into this law listening right now who are going. I wonder if he's going to pick who I picked. Uh, John David Washington for Henry. Um. Okay. Oh, I'm again. Just you mentioning people. Or, that make, you're mentioning people. That I just want to see in more things. Or um, Joven Adipo. Oh, what do I know? Actually, no, Joven Adipo is probably a better shout for that. 
Uh, he is... He's the leading overlord. We <gasps> talked about it because he's in the stand oh, as well. Oh, yes. Um, oh, fuck's sake. Can, all... you be a cast... can you be a casting director? And he was also Will Reeves in, uh, in the Watchmen series. I still haven't watched that. Oh, mate. Watchmen is so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Um, yeah, so now, now the, so the challenge will be to find like a young teen... Uh, a young black teen actor who can sort of play his younger brother. Um, that that to to play Sam. But yeah, those are some those are some casting things I'm throwing out. Um, because <clears throat> that's what I did. Give me a tra- give me a trailer and let Matt cast it, and I'll um, I'll watch it. Because <laughs> at the minute I'm just like, sure. It, it exists. I could just play it though. So if, I mean, if you at least yeah, exactly. bring it, bring in exactly. some talent of this caliber and show me that they're going to do something a bit different. So, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. do it, expand the story. Give us like yeah. flashback stuff for Joel, for Ellie, Joel and Tommy's relationship, Ellie and Riley's relationship. Uh, like, um, I think that thing of like whenever you meet a new character, sort of flashing back to the first time that they meet Joel or whatever. If they've if they've got history or something like that, and sort of interspersing it, I think you can do you can sort of build out that, um, build out that uh, sort of world a bit more. Expand that shit. Yeah. Oh, and um, David, the weird creepy cannibal guy. Yes. David Tennant. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because I could believe him being all kind of like considerate when Ellie's in the cell and stuff and being like, you know, don't know, it's not like when he's giving her the food. That scene really freaked me out. Yeah, it's a freaky Because the food is like, no, honestly, it's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not meat. It's, it's not that meat. He's been hospital and then having to fucking bludgeon him with a bottle in the, in the bar, like while he's not looking is horrible, really tense and. You should never have to play as a very young girl trying to kill a cannibal who's trying to shoot you with a shotgun. It's like, this is horrifying. If they can make it scary as well, that's a win. Like, don't don't suffer the fate of things like The Walking Dead where the horror is just sort of there, but it's not really frightening. Yeah. Like, be scary. I mean, if you, one, of the, if you... one of the things that makes that first game brilliant is like every encounter with someone who is far more dangerous than you yeah. feels like you could die if you make one wrong decision. I mean... It's, it's tense. If you've seen Chernobyl, you'll know Craig Mazin can do tense. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see what he does with it. Don't kill a dog, please. You've killed enough in Chernobyl. Oh, there's going to be dead dogs. Left, right, and centre. There's going to be dead dogs. Oh, yes, there will be, there will be dogs. Dead dogs. <laughs> Uh, the Last of Us. There will be dead dogs coming right. soon. <laughs> right, old gang. Thanks for joining us for another big damn cast. Uh, we've been. It's your been lovable host. A podcast. The, yeah. the, 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 the big <laughs> podcast. Um, you can, of course, get in touch with us. Uh, give us some email ranting. Send in your fan castings for the Last mm. of Us. Uh, Hit us at, up. At Hit us up. Contact at gmail.com. Tweet us on <clears> at Big Damn Cast. Head over to twitch.tv forward slash big damn stream for big damn stream. Content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Content. Uh, streaming, obviously. Uh, and if you are in a position to support us and you feel like doing so, you can do that over at twitch.tv uh, twitch. over at patreon.com forward slash big damn cast. I mean, you um, can do it at twitch.tv slash big damn stream if you want. Oh, Subscriptions are very yeah. much welcome. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
So yes, be good to yourselves and each other. Yeah. And we'll see you. We'll be in your ears next week. Like a parasite. Wait. Yes. No. Like a parasite. Oscar winning.